Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm I'm well, but very very tired. It's been a busy week. I can imagine. Mm. I can imagine. I saw the party pictures of you in your gorgeous jumpsuit. Yes, yes. No, it was a really really good party. I think I got out like a quarter past eleven or something like that. Um, crazy party girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, normally I'm not like that, but um, yeah, it was no, it was worth it after after all this. So yeah. So, so the, the clash exhibition has arrived yes display as we like to display. call it display okay, I beg your pardon. Display. Um, yes it has arrived and so the party was thursday night and then on friday morning there was a little queue of people coming in so that oh, was wow that's exciting yeah and i i had to go in today for an event and it was it was busy which was Good. really really nice to see yeah well, so. you've put so much work into it. Like the last six months have just been crazy. Yeah, particularly the last three months. I mean, mm. it's not obviously not just me. There's quite a few other people who have put in a lot of a lot of hours because of. I'm not sure I've worked on something where there are so many different people involved. You know, there was a co-curator um, who's amazing, really nice. I got on really well with Robert Gordon McHarg the third. And wow. yes, and then of course, you know, via him, we found out, you know, about what the band wants or doesn't. And there was the management, yeah. there was Sony, so there was quite a lot of people. Um, and then, of course, quite a lot of people at, at work as, as well. But it was fun, it was really, it was really an interesting project to work on. Mm-hmm. And we've now got a panel discussion on Friday. Oh, that's good. Yeah, who's going to be at that? So the exhibition is sort of, I don't know how to say that, it's quite male, obviously about a male band. Uh, They were always really supportive of female bands. They're often Uh toured with female bands. So that is sort of in there a little bit. But I thought it'd be nice to do also something about female experience. So it's with three people. One is called Caroline Kuhn. She's amazing. She's an artist artist. and she was also a co-founder of Release, which was a. It still re- exists as um, an agency now, a charity that helps people who are arrested for drug problems. And right. so she founded that in '67, I think, co-founded. And she's done also. She was a journalist. She wrote a really early book about punk. She was actually the Clash's wow. manager for a while. Really? Yeah. So she's she's amazing. And so it's her. It's Gina Birch from the Raincoats, which is also fantastic to have her. And then it's someone called Alex Michon, who is an artist and runs a gallery in London. But she she and her friend Christina Koloska they made clothes for the Clash. Oh, how fascinating. Yeah. God, that sounds like such a good panel. Yeah, and it is about... Because the exhibition is very much just about 79 and early 80, which is when London Calling... So it's it's just... It's not about the clash in general. It's about the album London Calling. Right. And why why did was that decided to do it just on the album? Because it's the anniversary. So it came out in December 79. Of course, I should have worked that out, really. Don't I worry. Don't. don't worry. So... 
so it's on yeah it's because it's the anniversary year and then after they it was released the band went on a tour which was the sort of practically the first half of 1980 so it sort of goes into that but we we tried really hard to not have anything in there that wasn't from that period and how interesting i love that idea of focus yeah and we have so we have also we have this thing which we call the diorama. It's like the um, album cover Cover is very iconic. It shows the mm. bass player sort of smashing his guitar. Yeah. And then the the writing is based on an, an Elvis album cover from, from the 50s. Oh, really? So I it's sort of pink and green. Amazing. Yeah, it's yes. his first album had the same sort of font and the pink and the oh, green. So, so um, we sort of remade that really big, so you can photograph yourself as part of the album cover. Oh wow! And on the back of that is what we kept calling the context wall, which is you know things that happened in '79 and '80, mm-hmm. and some footage and stuff. And so the panel discussion will be pretty much about 1979 and what it was like to be in London, and particularly what it was like to be a woman in London at that time. And I think two, if not all, of the women. I think it just two of them were lived in squats. So I quite I want to talk about that, and art schools um, because quite a lot of musicians came from art schools. Yeah. But also just to get a feel what it was like, because I think I I think I was here in seventy eight or seventy nine, and I can't quite. Oh, were you? Yeah, I can't. I'm trying to find so out. Probably you triggered this whole. Thing. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't quite know when it was, but I just remember it just being really, really dark, and it, it just. Ah. But then I don't know when I was here. I probably was autumn. I so I don't remember much. I just remember a lot, lots of for sale sign for houses, which oh really, which you wouldn't get in Germany because not that many people buy houses. Um, yeah. Then, that I remember, and I remember it just being really dark and a bit grimy. And I also remember going to Madame Tussauds and absolutely hating it. Oh, really? Why mm. didn't you like it? I mean, it was I'm so bitch, full. So I, I think that oh. was I didn't. That's what I didn't like. But they, it also at that point it still had a planetarium, and I love that. I love oh, the planetarium. I love, I love it. Yeah. It's something else now. It's some sort of other show that I. Oh, have... I didn't realize. Yeah, that. I have been told it's not bad, but um. Mm. Anyway, That's so that the was. The only bit of Madame Tussauds I've ever been to. Oh really? Well, the the only time I've ever been is is well, I've also been. You know, they have an amazing archive. Yes, they really do. Yeah, they have uh, they have clothes as well. They used to get people's actual clothes, but anyway, so that's that's sort of my week, um, pretty much. But I need to know more about the display. I need to ask you some questions. Okay. Okay. Tell me the range of types of things on display. So there are some guitars. So there is the smashed guitar. Um, the actual smashed. The one. actual. They saved it. Yes, the actual smashed That's guitar. So, I love it that they saved it because it's so like spontaneous and destructive. But then it's so careful to save it all this time. I know, and I think apart from the drummer, all the other three band members just. Jostrom, of course, died a few years ago, oh. but uh, they all have a, a big archive, from what I understand. Really? So we have. That's so fascinating. Yes, I know, and and particularly as they moved around quite a bit, which I know because yes. we also have a map in the. In oh, do the, you? Yes, so I I put together the information. So a map of where the they map. were during the year. Yeah, and where they had gigs. Wow. And 
just where they they had a rehearsal studio in Pimlico and then they recorded the album in Highbury and sort of places like like that and yeah where they lived and they moved around quite a bit and then I think by the end of the year a lot of them went to a home where they then stayed for a while but I don't know how you managed to keep you know on quite big things you know we have maybe they were stored somewhere else we have we have some more we have two more guitars the pink wasn't just random um they have the flight on the album cover there is the pink on the album cover but Mm. also we have some of the flight cases oh no the pink of my boiler suit i mean yeah they well they're getting the most important yes of course yeah no that so there is the pink on the album cover but there's also we have two cases where the guitars would have been transported in and they're the sort of same pink Wow. And there's... I love it. Yeah, and we don't have it, but there's another sort of pink flight case for an amp. And that's also the same the same pink. Fantastic. Why were they pink? I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, one person called it atomic pink. Atomic pink? Mm-hmm. I do wow. quite like that. So we I have, like that. We have the flight case. We have some of the clothes as well. Oh, what do you have? So we have a pair of trousers, white, for Paul Simmons. They have quite a lot of zips. And we have some of his designs. He designed some of the clothes. Wow. He, he was also an art student. So he, yes. So we have quite a few of the designs he made. And then we have a few shirts. My favorite is Mick Jones' shirt, which is white. And it's got some stickers or badges, I should say, mm. applied at the front. But they also, what was interesting to see, they swap things all the time. You sort of see them. Within the band. Yeah. So that shirt, there's footage of Joe Strummer wearing the same shirt. And with some of the other things, it's the same. And then we have this, um, it's like a motorcycle jacket. And it says Flatbush on the back. You can hardly read it. And... It was given to um, Paul Simonon by Lou Adler, who who did this film, you know, I mentioned before, Ladies and Gentlemen, um, The Beautiful Stains. Oh, yes. (laughs) So, and it was originally worn by an actor in a film called The Lords of Flatbush, which was one of... a British film, I've never heard. No, Flatbush apparently is is an area of Brooklyn, I think. Yes. So they were, and this film is from 74, but I think it's set in the late 50s and it's about a motorcycle gang. And and how did it end up with them? I don't, so it was given by this film director, but I I haven't found out how, what his connection was to the Lords of Flatbush. And Sylvester Stallone was one of the motorbike (laughs) <laughs> yes, it must have been one of his first, you know, really early films. Yeah. But it's not his jacket, it's one of one of the other actors. Yeah. So we've got that and some um they had for one of their tours they had some Harrington jackets made. Oh yeah. As merchandise, so we've got one of them and a t-shirt from another tour. So there's quite quite a few that things. That sounds good. And how are they displayed? We call it a display because it's basically one big room, but there's mm. There's more than 150 objects in it. So there's quite a lot of God, things. That's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. And there is one big case where the guitars are not not the smashed one. That's almost like in a sort of relic, reliquary. Um, that's on, so interesting. Because that's what it sounds like. It is like it those is. sacred objects. Yes. And it's so interesting that punk was about 
the moment and yet even at the time I guess these seemed like sacred objects and even more so now. Yes and it's interesting that punk was also quite a bit about maybe not destroying but abandoning other things. Um, Yeah that's true. So yeah so but the the smashed one is is displayed like the relic it is um but then a lot of the other bigger things are in one large case and we sort of we didn't want to do a pastiche or recreation but we always thought of it a bit like the backstage area so so the clothes are just on a rail on an actual rail um, oh, that's a good idea. Because no, I was thinking it would be too weird to have them on mannequin. Yeah, no, from the start we said we didn't want that. Yeah. Um, and obviously we then looked through photos of them being backstage and what kind of hangers they've got yeah. the clothes on and all that kind of stuff. But in the end, one of my colleagues, the project manager, who was amazing, Emily, um, she kept saying, well, is this? do you want to do a recreation or do you want to do it? display that just sort of hints and that's what we went went for at the end yeah that sounds really lovely because it sounds really sort of evocative and like as a visitor you're kind of filling it in in your head with your own thoughts on the class exactly and I think what what for me was quite different is I worked with Gordon on the on the text and I always most of the time I would have written much more right but we didn't in the end we he all kept saying you know no you don't need that just take it out take it out and in the end you've got the basic information but not that much more but I think that's quite nice there's some it's really nice there's some sort of stories in there the famous smashing happened there's a bit of a dispute on what date it happens and yeah and that because it happened in New York at a, at, at a place called Palladium, that's for sure. But they were there two nights and there's a bit of a dispute right. over it. And, and you can find about this, find a bit about this story in several places in, in the room, but we don't make a big thing out of it. Yes. So that'll be interesting. So you kind of piece it together. Yeah. So you can sort of discover a bit yourself, I hope. I, I'm not sure that works. I need, to, I need to sort of ask some people when they come out. Well, I can't wait to come. Yeah. And, then, and then lots of photographs, I guess. Yes, so that's what the one last thing I want to mention is their photographer was someone called Penny Smith, who's a sort of famous rock photographer, and she worked yeah. a lot for the NME. And she went on tour with them. So there was one tour when they went with a lot of people that had a tour DJ, they had someone called Ray Lowry, who actually designed the album cover. We have some of his designs. And Penny Smith was there as well, and she took this sort of famous album cover. But they're also... It's a double album, so the Mm. sleeves that hold the records have altogether 51 really small, like, properly thumbnail-size photos on, on them. And they have all been printed up larger. Oh, that's amazing. So they're, like, not A4, but sort of that about that size. So they're all on one wall. And a lot that of them, incredible. yeah, a lot of them have not been seen, been seen before. I think it larger. Yes. That's so nice to see. When when they came, when they came in at first, I didn't have time to look at them, and then I mm-hmm. thought this is ridiculous. I must make some time, and yes. I, I spend an hour or more just sort of going through. And I just after I'd done that, I thought, you know, that alone is so interesting. You know, yeah. if, if there's nothing else, if it's just that and the guitar, that would already be really, really interesting yes. to see oh god yes mm. 
And and the band members came, the remaining band members. Yes, so um, Topper, the drummer, couldn't, but uh, Mick Jones and um, Paul Simonon were there. So that was absolutely amazing. I had an acute attack of shyness, so I was sort of hiding away. And then Gordon called and said, where are you? <laughs> you, oh. must, you must come. And then I was still too shy. I was sort of hovering around yeah. outside. Especially having spent all this time thinking about them and looking at pictures of them. It must I know. be a bit overwhelming that they're then real people in front of me. I know. It's really, it's really odd. And um, yeah, but then one of the management, she was so kind. She just sort of actually literally took me by my hand and <laughs> dragged me in and um, then they took a picture which I'm really really pleased to have I um, love the picture yeah uh, yeah I really love it and they were they were very very nice and they seemed to like it so that's that's I should think yeah so. that's really good um, oh I'm so glad yeah I'm so glad because it's been so much work but it's so paid off clearly yeah yeah so far it looks fantastic yeah, really okay. I can't wait to come and see it yes and I can't wait for and you I'm to come and I'm just going to keep keep walking around saying my friend did this <laughs> Yeah, we need to find a time when it's not so busy. I'll 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 see how oh, yes. yeah how long that Get will last. Get the chart out and work out. Yeah. When is the optimum time for yes. them to come? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Will do. Congratulations. But, thank you. But what about you? Well, what did I you went do? to see an exhibition this week actually mm-hmm. with my friend Martin Welsh, who's wonderful. He's a fashion illustrator, and we had a lot of fun. We went to the National Army Museum. I haven't in... been since that's been redone. God. I haven't been since it's been redone. It's amazing. We had such a ball. I mean, it, it's always a ball when I see him because he's so wonderful. But <clears throat> excuse me, it was really such a wonderful exhibition. It's not on for much longer. It's it's called The Art of Persuasion, and it's wartime posters by Abram Games, and it's so fascinating. We just loved it. Like it's really beautifully displayed, and it's very clean. Like like you're saying about your display, that mm. it's. You know, there's there's not that much text, but there's enough that you understand what's going on. But the images are just, the posters are just incredible. And what I found particularly fascinating was that he, most of them are targeted at the forces, at the army itself, okay. rather than civilians. Mm. So it's really, really fascinating that they're much more, I can't think what the word is, not blunt, but they're much more direct and they don't use humour in the way that many of the the ones aimed at civilians do because yeah. clearly they just need to get the information across to the soldiers as directly as they can. But within that, they're incredibly beautifully designed. Like that, he his his father, he was like a his family were like Russian Jewish immigrants to the East End, and his father had a photographic studio, so he'd like learnt airbrushing for touching up the photographs and so he uses that technique so some of them have that beautiful sort of hazy airbrushed Mm. thing to them and they're just wonderful they're incredibly this sounds very dumb but they're very graphic like they're very minimal he didn't like to use much text so the images themselves are really evocative and kind of tell you the story and And then there's a bit of text what would they instruct you to do or not to do well there's various ones there's some that i really like that were to encourage soldiers to be clean and hygienic Mm. which in like you know in their barracks or wherever it was they were and and so there's those ones which 
are very good. And there's ones about like not handling weaponry in a dangerous way, which yeah. seems like quite an yeah, important sensible. thing. And and within that, there's I had no idea about this. You know, the famous James Bond, like looking down the barrel of the gun, and mm. then he turns up. That's like shall we say use the word appropriate inspired 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 that's mm-hmm. a good word that's a good word by one of his posters and like they oh. literally photographed down a barrel of a gun and then you know used it as like a warning about not mishandling mm. guns and being careful and it's really amazing the actual um yes it says horseplay with weapons may end like this and there's like a body falling out of that swirly oh. inside of a mm gun and and he was really influenced by surrealism so you can see like some of them will have quite a machine-like soldier it's sort of interesting how he treats the body that the like the male soldiers are really quite machine-like and then there'll be like a beautiful almost quite Dali-esque kind of you know field of tiny parachutes dropping behind oh wow and, and he drew from life, so there's like the photograph of, of parachutists and then how he translated that. And it's it's really fascinating, just, you know, quite a, quite a, quite a restrained palette, like he tends to have like greys and then, you know, primary colours. And how big but, are they? Um, they range from, I guess, I'm not, you know I can't do Yeah, sorry to ask you. We can't do maybe, that in fruits, really, I don't think. No, it's not going to work, is it? But, um, like, maybe A3 and then, okay. like, average Bigger. poster size, mm, if I mm. can describe yeah, it. Yeah, that's a fun. good way of describing <laughs> it, yes. <laughs> but it's fascinating as well how... During the war, as I said, that the the male profile, the soldier's profile, is is really quite heroic and reduced, and it's just the planes of the face, and then this machine-like body. But then the women, there's this series of posters that he did, all of which were problematic. Like the man in, there was a really nice man there who was sort of telling, like the guard who was sort of telling us stuff about some of them, and. Like these ones that he did for the ATS, which was for women to like recruit mm. women who'd already signed up for the army to to go in the ATS, and they it was just really problematic, and it's it sort of highlights how there's this problem of how women fit into the forces and how the kind of stereotyped views of women get applied to their bodies, even though they're in the wartime. Mm. So it sort of starts off with this really beautiful like profile of a blonde woman with her cap on and it just says ats join the ats Mm. and the way it's rendered is beautiful but she's got red lips so she was she was nicknamed the blonde bombshell so already there Mm. you can see the issue arising and that was thought to be too glamorous like um this was a quote from Thelma Casalay Keir, MP, objected to the soldier's lipstick, commenting, Our girls should be attracted into the army through patriotism and not glamour. Mm-hmm. This is not the kind of poster to encourage mothers to send their girls into the army. God. So mm-hmm. you just be careful there. And then they show someone who became his assistant, his much more I don't mean cartoonish like Disney cartoons, but you know like those little like comic books of, oh, yeah. Of, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm more like that so more kind of narrative and busier for the ATS and then there's another one that he did that's that's very it's quite sort of poetic really um 
that her face has been rendered in red and she's got like the collar up of her great coat and a helmet on and there's just an arrow pointing to ATS mm. but they someone commented they felt that one was too russianized <laughs> her face so make oh, up that yeah. mm. then there's another one where which is so beautiful that's like sepia and oh i just loved the way her face was done it, like the man there said it looks like metropolis and it really does look like the metal maria in metropolis it's really beautiful and just with her cap with the badge really prominent and then it just says ats I um and that one was criticized for looking too much like an english row don't even so really what know did what they want about. him to do i i just don't know and it i mean it just seems like no image of a woman was going to please them. It just mm. seems as though it's so problematic. Who is this mythical woman who is the one to join the army? And what is the mythical image of a woman warrior? You know, because like with the men, as I say, it's it, it's like they have this kind of bulky but toned, muscular, machine-like body and they're, you know, this square jawline and and you immediately know it's military and mm. you can think of all the sort of art historical precedents for this. Whereas with the women, it's it's like looking at fashion magazines clearly isn't right, at Hollywood isn't quite right. You know, do you know what I mean? There is, yeah, like there is no model. Template. Yeah. Mm. No, because there's like, I don't know, liberty leading the people or something, but that's not right. No, because, no. You know, <laughs> clearly, yeah. that would cause many, many, many yes. issues. But... It's. It was really fascinating to see that, and I really liked. You know, like they had his medals that he'd collected, and I. I think that's such a thing with military people. You know, he he'd got it in like a little. I think it was like a cigarette tin or something with his like badges and medals collected, and that sort of sense of him as a soldier and then him as an artist and these kind of souvenirs of being in the in the mm. army. And you kind of see the progression through the war of like different issues becoming important to tell the 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 army or to mm. tell you know the wider public. And then there's like demob ones where it's like a it's almost like it's just like the black suit. So it's changed from this machine like uniformed man, and it's as though the black suit. It's as though he's leaping in the air, and it's very kind of curved. And then there's just like a question mark for the head because it's like, what exciting, you know, new life are you going to have? Mm. What career will you pursue now? So it's really quite different. The shape and the form and the way he's treated it is quite different when it's like, now we're on this next stage. I found it fascinating. Oh, and he also designed the, um, the like the logo for the Festival of Britain. Oh, which I oh, that's, yeah. oh, wow. That's which him. is so amazing. Mm. And there's a really nice display that's got, him as an artist so it's got some of his sketches he did like wonderful sketches of of kind of the everyday moments the mundane moments of being in the army so like a soldier washing his feet in a tub of water and a soldier sleeping you know it mm. really like really sort of very sketchy very loose that were really good and then there's like photographs of him in his smock which there's a the, the actual smock is there so that was thrilling and what I liked is it has a zip at the collar and that he, then you see the photographs open and he wears it with the collar popped up oh. so I liked that mm. and then these cotton sleeves that he put over his shirt sleeves if he didn't have his smock on 
So I like that sense of him transforming himself and also, you know, so he becomes the artist to create these things. And also this sense of keeping his clothes clean. clean I yeah. approved, approved mm. of that. He followed Martin, his instructions. He did. He totally did. And then Martin and I enjoyed it very much because there's an interactive thing where you can design your own poster oh. using backgrounds and emblems and, you know, like faces that mm. he used in his. So we had a very happy few moments each designing our own poster. And when I got home, I showed Adrian mine obviously and mine was like this the woman's head from the ATS and then I had a stack of books and a pen on mine and I just picked this randomly because I like this and he said it looks like your slogan is hit the books girls and I mean it pretty much is Mm. that Mm. sums me up Mm. quite well so subconsciously clearly that's what I was thinking so I really loved it I mean it's I think it's until the 24th of November. Yeah so maybe next weekend I can yeah Mm. oh and it had some of his like quotes around which i really liked and the one i liked best was maximum meaning minimum means very and good I think, we, I think we need we to need, stop here i think we that that's our that's our new life yeah. law mm. yeah that's, that's, very that's good. enough now yes maximum meaning minimum means, means beatrice okay okay signing off signing off signing off see you soon see you soon bye bye then bye, bye.